Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hello and welcome to the latest Arcade Attack podcast. Adrian here. I will be your host. So welcome to Azeroth. <laughs> I'm joined. I'm joined by Dylan, the son of Garad, chieftain of the Frost Wolf clan. I'm scared. Hello. <laughs> and Keith, the warlord of the Bleeding Hollow clan. No, he's gone. No, Keith. He's gone. He's left okay, us. Okay, no Keith today. <laughs> and Rob, lord of the scourge. The Greetings. Hail to... <laughs> Whatever your name was. Oh, sorry. Crown Prince of Stormwind. That's my name. I'm Adrian, nice. the Crown Prince of Stormwind. There's probably some listeners now going, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> this, is, this is Warcraft. These, these are Warcraft characters. <laughs> and you'd be right. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about Warcraft. Before I do that, Blizzard Entertainment. What what springs to mind? What sort of games? What sort of genres? Diablo. 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 You have to say it in that with an accent. Diablo. What other, yeah, they are one of the most respected games producers of all time. They have quality titles. What do they specialize in? What genres? Crawlers. Like, um, RPG. Yeah. Or Diablo's an RPG, I'll give you that. Diablo. That's not, that's probably not their biggest game though, is it? It's It's big. What is Blizzard's biggest game? Is it Warcraft? Yeah, it's it got to be. It's got to be Warcraft, man. It's got to be. Um, do you know what? And that really, you know, Warcraft. That's why. That's, that's the game that springs to my mind. Anyway, I, I appreciate Blizzard is pretty big. Um, and Warcraft originally, what sort of game was the first free Warcrafts? Real time strategy games. RTS. I would have guessed that. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Right, I should have given you a bit more time. So yeah, then they're mainly known for RTS and RPG games, and of course. The world of Warcraft, huge online multiplayer, which I, I've played a bit. I've decided, um, I'm not ashamed of it. I did play it for a f- couple of months with my good friend John and Emma for a little time. It mm-hmm. didn't grab me completely, but it's got its merits. It's still doing pretty popular now. What did your character look like? Uh, oh wow, it's, it's about 10 odd years ago now. I can't even remember, but I think it was generic, generic looking knight. I don't know. You tell me. Um, <laughs> well, I can't tell you. That's why. <laughs> you used to play it every week, don't you, Rob? Don't they? No. Oh, he's always down there. He's always on, a, on World of Warcraft, or WoW, as it's sometimes called. Um, my first taste of Warcraft was the original RTS game. I played it at John Bitten's house. Oh, yeah, John Bitten, who is an old school friend, John Bitten. We like John Bitten. And he, he had a, he's always had a lot of consoles and Amigas and, and so forth. And I remember playing it on his PC. Well, uh, the first Warcraft, which is a really good RTS game, similar to Dune 2, similar to Command and Conquer. What's the big spin, though? Um, <clears throat> oldie worldy stuff. Oldie worldy orky. 
Oh, like a fantasy world. Fantasy. Yeah. As long as it's white. Warhammery stuff, right? Warhammery. Warhammer. Exactly. That's what I was trying to think of. I loved it. The, and this, this podcast is not about the, those games, by the way. We, we can touch on it very briefly. Maybe that, I'll save it for another pod. But the first, the first three Warcrafts, um, are really good. And I actually picked up Warcraft 3 very recently in a charity shop for one pound. Warcraft 3. And I've been playing on and off over the last, oh, last year, really. So I might actually do a whole pod on that one day and I, I enjoy it. A very good investment. Um, a few months ago, though, I found out that Blizzard were considering back in the day, of going in a different direction and taking Warcraft into a whole different direction. What kind of direction? A different genre. What so, kind of genre? A puzzle genre? <laughs> yeah, a puzzle genre. A point. Warcraft fighter. Warcraft puzzle. <laughs> Warcraft fighter. puzzle fighter two. Yes, that's exactly. Is the that game what this is going to develop? Is that what this podcast is about? <laughs> no, I think it was more Warcraft Olympics. Warcraft or Warcraft columns? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They were considering that for a little bit, that and but work, then, sorry. well, look, guys, the story I'm going to tell you today is about an unreleased game, never, never finished, and I think this story could even rival the black white, white white noise. This game, this unreleased game, has left a legacy um, that really, 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 uh, I think you can argue no unreleased game has had such a big legacy, and I'll t- touch on that That's right at mad. the end. That that is a that is a big statement. Dude. You may disagree. Well, at the end, we we can readdress that. You say you're, you're a liar, Adrian. I, I will remember that. Thank you. Um, do you want to? I'm going to wet your whistle, guys. This story is going to is going to is going to talk about passionate, slightly crazy Russian fans. Zelda is going to be mentioned, believe it or not. Of course, I just it, you know an Adrian podcast doesn't go by where you say something about exactly. Zelda. Exactly, it's linked. It's linked, and the Shawshank. And it's linked. It's linked. The Shawshank Redemption gets a quick mention. Uh, that's a new one. A past interviewee on Arcade Attack is prominent in this as well, this story. David Breivik? Nope. No? Not David Breivik. What? Um, Full Throttle is mentioned. We've got Optimus Prime gets a little say. Wow. And Keith isn't here. I Keith know. isn't even here for Optimus Prime chat. And we might do a little little spin on the Highlander as well. Highlander gets a little mention in this sort Highl- of legacy. Rob's all about Highlander. He is. He loves it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've... Are you, do you want to hear the story? I've wet your whistle now, haven't I? No, I think we should Whistle just is truly wet, sir. It's Car- moist. No, I need to hear the story now. Yeah. Oh, and there's loads of orcs. So we're going to talk about orcs a lot today. I, mean, I like orcs. They're better than crocs. <laughs> you sure it won't be a little bit awkward? Oh. <laughs> right. Warcraft Adventures. And the full title here, guys, is Warcraft Adventures Lord of the Clans. What the hell would that be? A Street Fighter game? Well. Adventures must be a platformer. Spaceship game. It is, it is, or it was supposed to be a dark, comical, point and click adventure game that they, that Blizzard began production on just after Warcraft 2 was released and complete. Huh, which year was this? 1997. Yeah, it was originally announced on March the 17th, 1997. Um, you know, they started working it before then, but that's when it was first announced. So, you know, mid to late 90s, point and click adventure. What could possibly go wrong? It was a great, you know, it has, it's an interesting, um, design. It's, it's, I'll show you some pictures later, guys, but it's the same sort of style of the sort of full throttle look, sort of old Monkey Island sort of look. Um, they use Sierra adventure games as well. That kind of style. Uh, hand drawn and cell animated. Okay. And they're scanned into the game. And interestingly, it was not produced in house by Blizzard, though Blizzard artists were consulted. So, 
there's a little clue there where maybe there's a few little issues already. And Rob, do you want to chip in? Why? When you say hand drawn, do you mean like similar to say the Sam and Max kind of stuff? Where I'll show you. I, obviously, our listeners can't see. Can you see that, Rob? There's a picture of a uh, of the screen. It's it's loading up very slow. Yeah, they, they are hand drawn. I quite like the artwork. Do you know what it looks like to yeah. me? It looks like a uh, late '90s cartoon. Yes, I agree. It, it's got that nice cartoony style. Um, Hey, we'll talk more about the graphics and so forth later, but I, I like it, I do. And actually, the game itself, so Warcraft Adventures will be based just after the events which unfolded in the, in the Warcraft 2 expansion pack, The Dark Portal. Which were? I haven't played the expansion pack, The uh, Dark Portal. Have you I, read about on Wikipedia? Uh, no, I didn't, I just, no. It's, it's, it's a portal and it's dark. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> the game's tagline had the game, the tagline, an adventure game in the world of Warcraft, but it was cancelled before completion on May the 22nd, 1998. So, a cancelled game. And then, I think, it's, you know, I think it's really, really good to see about some games that never quite made it. And this game was pretty much 100% complete, but never made it to the light of day. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, we'll talk about that. Um, do you want to hear the back of the box? I always want to hear the back of the box. There is no box. <laughs> it was never completed. So I can't do the back of the box. How did I let you bait, me, bait and switch me like that? I know, right? I'm trolling you, Rob. I'm trolling you. Um, do you want to hear um, the story? A bit more about the story of the game. Yeah, for sure. This was taken, apparently, from the Warcraft Adventures trailer. So this gives you sort of idea to start the story. Three great wars between the Human Alliance and the Orcish invaders have laid waste to the once-proud realms of Azeroth. 22 years have passed since Blackmore <coughs> found the young Auckland, secretly raising the Auckland with the confines of his prison fortress, Domhold. Blackmore planned to mould the Auckland into the perfect warrior, a warrior conditioned to human thinking, but with all the savagery of an Orcish heart. That's a lot of savagery. <laughs> it really is. Um... Bill Roper, um, I'm going to talk about Bill quite a lot today. Bill Roper was a <clears throat> was the vice president of Blizzard North for almost ten years, so 1994 to 2003. And um, yeah, those are know, like the golden years for Blizzard. Really, is the golden years the real, real top of their the cream of the crop? And he he goes in a bit more detail about the story, and I think it's worth. Well, I'll share it with you guys. So here we go. This is this is a quote from him. Basically, after the Dark Portal was destroyed and the rift between the worlds was destroyed, you had a large group of orcs that were trapped on Azeroth. And over the course of the next few years, the humans being merciful in their ways, instead of hunting down and eradicating these orcs, granted them land areas where they could live as long as they, uh, as long as they live within the confines of social expectations. Basically, they were put on these reservations or camps. And because they were made to live in a way that was you know, very contrary to their basic nature, a lot of the spirit and fire that defines them as a culture was drained out of them. And so what you found yourself with is an orc society in Azeroth of forced passi- uh, uh, passivity, uh, not forced through violence, but forced through situation. Although down on their luck, the orcs of Warcraft Adventures were supposed to experience a rebirth thanks to the leadership of Thrall. Thrall. That's the character you play. Okay. Our storyline uh, followed an orc baby that was taken from a battle scene where his parents were slain and raised by a human lieutenant, Blackmore with the intention of raising him with human ideals, but being able to use him to control the orcs. Interesting. 
Definitely someone who does not fit into the general stereotype of noble humans. He was a self-serving, dark human character who wanted to raise this orc. Thrall, our central character in the game, uh, and used, uh, we used him to control and command the orcs and then raise them as his own private army. He's no fool. I feel like there's a lot of political metaphor in this, yeah. but um, enough that I don't want to step in. And <laughs> they do mention a little bit where this game was based and the kind of some of inspiration for it. And I think there are some <laughs> okay. political bits, actually. So yeah, Thrall, though he's raised in captivity by humans to serve their will, still was some fire within him, and he can't deny So he, who rebels against the human's owners. He escapes the compound where he's being held, <clears throat> and then over the course of the game, what we do is follow his adventures. <coughs> As he discovers more about himself and the orcs, and what it means to be an orc, so does the player. As you go through the game, you must you must uh, come across some familiar faces from the game, uh, some in retirement, some trying to lead an underground resistance, and you'd learn of what happened to the Frost Wolf Clan, which was the clan <coughs> that Thrall's father, Durotan, was part of. You learn that Durotan, Blackhand, and Doomhammer were three blood brothers, and this and, and that his clan, Frostwolf, were sent into the Dwarf Highlands in the mountains. They were exiled there by a plotting Nerfrul when he was pulling the strings in the background behind Doomhammer and Blackhand because he knew all that Durotan was a threat. Um, so yeah, you find you find your heritage. You take up the banner of the Frostwolves to regroup the Orcs and lead them into a rebellion against Blackmore and these humans that are, at least in your mind, enslaving your people. The so, pay- just so I was going to say... Uh, the yeah, the last finished. bit, Rob, the, the payoff in the end is that you're, you're, you're able to storm the castle, lead your horde to victory, and then reclaim that birthright of the orcs. That was our overreaching storyline in a nutshell. And of course, there were tons of other weird characters you met along the way and interact with. I was going to say, not very often that the lead character, the good character, is an orc slash monster and you're basically fighting against humans. Yeah. Yeah, true. They flip, they flip reversed it. They did. They really did. And actually, the, the, the start of it where you, where you actually, you know, you, you actually kill your, 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 the, the, your father figure in a way, but it's a terrible man at Blackmore, you know. You kill him at the start and you have to escape the compounds. That's the first bit of the game. So you have to escape the castle and, it's quite, I've, I've, you know, I'll talk about it a bit later, but you have to, um, obviously an orc stands out, doesn't it? So you have to, you have to typical point of adventure, you have to get the right clothes, you have to sort of get under, you know, solve certain puzzles and sneak out via a catapult, of all things. Huh. Yeah, it's really, really quite an interesting start to the game. Um, that's the story of the game. We know it wasn't completed. The development of the game itself, I think, is, is, is just as important, if not more interesting than the story of the game. Do you want to hear about it? Yes. So, in the second half of 1996, Blizzard, uh, Blizzard's, uh, Blizzard's Alan uh, Ad- Adham, he stated that his company was looking into the possibilities of doing more with the orcs and humans, which includes non-game types of enterprises. But there's something in the works at the moment. So, basically, they were looking to get into new genres. They thought yeah. Warcraft could be expanded. Into... Well... They, they thought, for example, so Warcraft Adventures was ultimately conceived at the, uh, as Blizzard late that year, around four or five months after the release of Warcraft 2. And it, well, yeah, they, they, they just thought this, this world, this Azeroth, the orcs and humans could make a good adventure game. But I mean, when you say into other places, do you mean like what? Books, films, cartoon shows? Yeah. That, that, they'll come into that actually. We'll talk about some comics and books and obviously there's a Warcraft movie, isn't there now? So 
They were... Yeah, it was not well reviewed. No, not not particularly. That's fair, isn't it? Do you know who did it, by the way? No, talk, tell me, Rob. Duncan Jones. <laughs> uh, David Bowie's son directed Moon and a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Oh, okay. It's a bit like the Tom Cruise movie. I can't remember each of their names. And he's just put out another movie. He put out a movie this year that was savaged by critics. Oh, really? Another, like, sci-fi type thing. Can't remember what it was. Oh, okay. I'm not remembering much about Duncan Jones, but... I, I haven't seen Warcraft the film. I wouldn't be completely against it, truthfully, Rob, but it doesn't, I, you know... I think a few people outside China have. It was a massive hit there. Mm. Not ready anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, if it was a success, and I, I, maybe there'd be more movies in the future. You never know. It could be future Warcraft films, possibly. Right, so the <clears throat> Blizzard's inspiration for the project was originally proposed by Capital Multimedia, a subsidiary of Blizzard's parent uh, company, Davidson and Associates, and they, uh, yeah, they wanted to use Warcraft license for a graphic adventure. Um, this is this is great. Blizzard was introduced to the games development and animation studio, Animation Magic, and this was purchased by Capital, so all tied in together in 1995, and they were impressed by their art department. Now. The studio, so the studio, the art, uh, the animation magic had previously worked on a, a number of other titles, uh, Rob. Uh, magic Tales. But they're pretty most known for their, their work on certain Zelda games. What do you reckon they are? Uh, 90, 90, mid 90s, 95? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Zelda 3? No, good guess. They were actually involved in making the, uh, infamous CDI Zelda games. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. That's... Wow, really? So, again, I'm not trying to have a go at certain companies, did, but... Were they the same people who did the Mario CDI stuff as uh, well? I, I don't know. So, they're called Magic... They made a game called Magic Tales. Um, titles called the Magic Tales series. I've just got Zelda here. I, maybe, Robert. I don't, I don't know for certain, to be fair. But, yeah, no, Roper. Good old Bill Roper. He said uh, that the company's work, and they're talking about, obviously... Uh, <coughs> Animation magic here was to- totally reminded us, reminded us of all those adventure games we love playing. And, uh, it, it, apparently they really impressed them with the art style. Um, yeah, so apparently Blizzard had considered a graphic adventure for several years, but lacked the, ca- the capacity to create the art assets for such a game. The promise of working with a team experienced in the genre clinched the project. At the time, Roper compared Capital's pitch to seeing Condor's original proposal for Diablo and called it a very natural course of Blizzard and a perfect fit for who we are. There you go. So they obviously impressed him. Um, you know, an interesting story. Um, Chris Metzen, who actually wrote the story for Walker Adventures, said that Blizzard was growing tired of the real-time strategy genre during this period. And Roger similarly remarked that the company was hoping to uh, branch out beyond strategy games and to become a developer of varied titles that match the eclectic taste of the staff. So at the time, they they made a Warcraft 1 and 2, lots of expansion packs. It really was they were focused on it. It kind of makes sense that they wanted to try a different different areas. But a point-and-click game you'd think would also have capacity for expansion packs and the like? Yeah, possibly. I think the well, I think I'll go into a bit more detail later. But they they really saw this first game as a potential, well, a huge future series, a lot more adventure games in the Warcraft universe. Yeah, so um, yeah, the Warcraft Adventures concept appealed to the team, in part at least because it allowed greater room than a strategy title to explore uh, Warcraft setting, um, and, and they could use 
their internal series Bible. So they had loads of notes on Warcraft. RTS games can have a story, but it's always a little, you know, you can't really go into too much detail. And this was going to be a great excuse to explore it in a bit more detail. Um, Blizzard's Rob Pardo, he later said that the project was the first time that the developer started seeing its franchises as intellectual properties without concrete ties to a genre. So they had this huge idea that Warcraft could really, really help spin off to loads of new directions. You know, it took guts. It took guts. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't really a massive thing in those at, at that point in the mid-90s. I think they were kind of the odd uh, kind of IP that it kind of changed direction. Twin B, you know, started out as a shoot-em-up, mm. became a platformer. Um, Mario, obviously, yeah. you have Dr. Mario as a puzzle game. Um, Mario RPG yeah. wasn't released in this country, but still exists. They're like token spin-offs, though, isn't it? Stuff like Dr. Yeah. Mario is like, it was more for the novelty. But it's still thing. the IP, like yeah. taking the IP into different places. And, fair, and in a way, Warcraft did kind of spin off in a new genre in the future, because originally the first RTS games, and it went to a massive multiplayer game with World of Warcraft. Um, so I, you could say they took guts with that. But this adventure style would have been completely different, yeah. And the team envisaged uh, Warcraft Adventures as being the first of many possible story-based Warcraft spin-off adventure games, you know? Mm. Yet, we've only... It, would sound, it sounds like if I was part of that team, I'd be like, yeah, let's yeah, do this. Thing. Bring it on. And a lot of the team, apparently, were fans of the adventure series. They loved LucasArts games. They loved the Sierra Online games. Massive fans of those classic IPs. And they thought, well, why don't we give it a go? It'd be a bit, 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 a bit of fun. So if you kept doing the same sort of game at all times, RTS, RTS, you can see why they're looking to get the team something different. Um, so yeah, do you reckon that's a good idea? I've got a question here. Do you reckon that's good to spread their risk, a clever idea? Do you think right now it makes sense? I would say in general, yes, in terms of this particular one. Going back to the plot, I don't know, the plot doesn't really reson- resonate for me. Like, like I don't think that's... Controlling an orc, I think that's a quite original, right? Yeah, but I don't know, like... No, I don't think it's as good as, say, a vampire or a werewolf or any of the cool monsters. An orc is not a cool monster. Mm. You don't kind of think, ooh. <laughs> you have to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't think like, ooh, those orcs <laughs> are cool. Orc. <laughs> I want to be, yeah, I, you don't think I want to be an orc. Well, also, the yeah. orc, when you I showed me... you want to be a vampire either, though. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Just saying. When you showed me that uh, kind of Warcraft spec art, yep. uh, it looked a bit like Shrek. They looked <laughs> like Shrek. This is before Shrek, but yeah, actually, Thrall... Does look a bit like a slim line Shrek a bit, actually. Shrek on a diet, basically. Who's yeah. the fool? Exactly. I pity the fool. <laughs> um, alright, no more fool jokes. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> fool me once, <laughs> shame on me. Fool me fool twice. Me twice. <laughs> Fiddle dee dee. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how it goes? Um, so yeah, after agreeing to the project, Blizzard ba- began to uh, generate concept art for Animation Magic, who worked on, like I said earlier, the original CDI Zelda games. And they had to, and they were asked to develop the game design. The team opted for a purposely conservative approach to the design of World of Warcraft or Warcraft Adventures. So, ba- well, look, interestingly, so during development, Roper said that the adventure genre had had very defined standards and expectations, and that Blizzard was not necessarily looking to make the next great innovation in adventure game interfaces or rewrite the book on how adventure games are done. Smart. If it's the first thing they've ever done in that genre, maybe. Now, remember, they're working on this in, in mid to late 90s. Think about the adventure genre there. What what happened? The point-of-click adventure. It kind of fizzled out, didn't it? Fizzled out. And the games that were successful at the time were things like Grim Fandango, 
and and uh, a bit more left field kind of, and and different animation style. So again, we we touch on Bill's uh, original uh, views, and I think he might change his view towards the end. But there you go. So yeah, the team focused on high quality storytelling and comic writing, which it perceived as the genre's core traits. And Roper later said that Blizzard hoped to copy the features of its favourite adventure games in contrast to newer entries in the genre, which the team felt lacked an emphasis on plot, puzzles that emerged naturally from the world, and strong voice-over work. Um, they really did look at old adventure games. <coughs> especially, Apparently, the big inspirations were The Dig, Full Throttle, uh, the classic Monkey Islands, and uh, but they... Regarding everything by LucasArts and LucasArts. LucasArts, but they actually made a point here. They, they like Full Throttle's look, but they didn't want to go down the arcade action sequences, which we spoke about in a previous pod, which is probably, I, I would divisive. agree with. Divisive. Definitely divisive. Um, so the production, so that's the development. Now we're going to look at the production of uh, Warcraft Adventures. At the moment. Uh oh. <laughs> at the moment. Not bad. We like it. It's got legs. Oh, here we go. So production of Warcraft Adventures was split. Between multiple locations. Hmm. Although the project direction and design occurred in Irvine, California, at Blizzard Entertainment, the code and art were developed by divisions of Animation Magic, the former in Boston, and the late and the latter in Russia. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. By early 1997, the animation team at the Russian office numbered around 15 members, but the figure rose to roughly 100 by the following year. Yowza. In addition, Blizzard uh, coordinated with Capital Multimedia during the project, and by 1998, the South Korean animation studio Tune Us In, <laughs> Tune Us In, was involved in producing the full motion animation animated cutscenes. To be fair, like Korean studios do a lot of stuff, We've, yeah. including Is it four American... Tune Us In. Is it like it's, like we, it's spelled with like T O O N? Tune like Us cartoony In. Stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't they uh, do the Simpsons like? Korean studios, am I wrong? Oh, maybe, possibly. But, but Rob, the actual like nuts and bolts. Russia, animation. South Korea, California, not connected. Boston. Yeah, mm, troubles are a brewing. So the direction of the art was a collaborative effort. At the beginning, Bill Roper explained that Blizzards gave Animation Magic a, a world sheet, which was basically here is the world, uh, this is what the characters are like. Here are the sketches of some. Uh, here's some descriptions. Uh, the, the the art team uh, built from the framework and periodically. Uh, periodically even delivered the results to, for, for Blizzard for their final approval. Animation Magic was also offered input on certain game design decisions, although Ropus noted that the vast majority of Warcraft adventure designs derived from Blizzard. As with all Blizzard projects at the time, the game was internally overseen by a small strike team within the company. <laughs> I think we might hear about this, this strike team a bit later <laughs> on as well. <laughs> can you imagine being in the strike team? Oh, no, man. Did they go on strike a lot? Oh, here we go. <laughs> man, can you imagine I work at Blizzard strike team? The power you'd yield of that. That so, probably sounds like the kind of job that would sound exciting until you begin explaining what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no. yeah. In writing the script, Blizzard sought to humanize and deepen the portrayal of the orc race, whose situation in Warcraft Adventures, Chris Metzen compared... In the real world, what real world um, group of people do you think mm. he kind of linked the orcs to? And I'm sh- well, I'm sure the link he's going to make is with Native Americans. Correct. But I don't really see how that's a direct link, considering the orcs did try to invade and enslave humanity, whereas <laughs> the Native Americans were invaded and colonized yep. by a foreign people. Well, okay. No, Rob. Are they trying to portray the Indians as something else? 
Yes. Mm. Also, very ironic using the the phrase "humanize," considering yep. the context of the plot. Interesting. Well, yeah, the, the team hoped to make the story accessible and interesting to both Warcraft fans and newcomers, while including numerous characters from the strategy titles. So Warcraft fans should enjoy it, but people just like point-and-click adventures should also find it accessible. So there you go, best, best of both worlds. And Metzen likened the game's plot to the films, here we go, Spartacus, Braveheart, Dances with Wolves, and described Warcraft adventures as a hero's journey, in reference to the theories of Joseph Campbell. There you go. Yeah, you know what uh, Joseph Campbell's famous for? No, please. I had a quick look at him, but remind me, please, Rob. He uh, wrote this very famous book called, I think, The Hero's Journey. I I think that he wrote that. But he wrote um, a couple of really famous books. I could have got that title wrong. But basically talking about the basic plot of kind of fiction. Like, there are only so many plots. And like an adventure, in like an adventure kind of fiction, narrative fiction thing, um, the hero must go through the following things and this means that and so on and so on like basically the conventions of like adventure hero type fiction good stuff okay when you when you first want to start work on an animated film what's the one of the first things you have to do before you even start you know what what's any ideas design characters all right fair enough audition for the job no that's later <laughs> yeah oh you mean the job of designing it well Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you do animation or, or you know Toy Story for whatever it is, you 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 record the audio first, don't you? I believe you, you get yeah, that done quite early. Yeah, they used to do it like the other way around, didn't they? But like now, it's, it's yeah, you do the the vocal stuff. You first. do the vocal stuff. You get the script done. You get your voice actors in, and yeah, because back in the day, it was kind of more easy to intersperse the mouths mm. or whatever over like the kind of preordained stuff. Whereas now. Animation's more advanced, so okay. you have to have the like whole, I guess, face actions be based on the voice. And also voice characters, like voice actors, sorry, are usually more famous and have to be catered more to them. Sure. But anyway, you were saying... Well, I was saying, I think the original Warcraft games, the sound and music and the little voices, not a lot of voices, but little voices were added at the end of the game. Whereas Warcraft Adventures, they had to do it almost the other way around. They had to get the actors in, the voice actors, get the script done, and then kind of apply it to the game. So it's a lot earlier. Again, something they didn't have a lot of experience in. Um, what actors do you think would make a good orc? Because they've got some pretty good names in this game, by the way. Some quite famous people. Well, back in the mid-90s. Yeah. Who would make a good orc? Definitely Danny DeVito, but he's probably too big for this. Okay. You don't want to put that down as a, as a guess? Danny DeVito? No, I can't see this being his character. He's not in it, unfortunately. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> as an orc, can you imagine? I'll be back. Not. I will be back as an orc. <laughs> he was the biggest movie star in the world. At yep. that point, he would not have been an orc. Do you want to hear? Quite well, a um, um, Can you give us some hints? Well, look. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a chance in a second. The script uh, was written, not for any particular actors in mind, and they initially did sort of in-house voice recordings. Uh, no, no major names at the time, although... Um, According to Metzen again, he, Blizzard dis- dis- decided that a few characters need an extra boost. So after reviewing these tapes, they chose to seek more recognisable actors for certain key roles. And I've got some quite interesting names here. So, um, Actually, I want to put yeah, a guess on. in, considering the amount of voice work he's done, especially for games, Mark Hamill. Good guess, but no. It's a good guess. Jim Carrey? No. Again, he's too big I know, in the world. I know, I know. Um, who did the voice of some quite famous Transformers. I think the cartoon ones. 
Oh, actually, I think he does. He might do the voice for the movies now as well. Actually, yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know who you mean. The guy did like Optimus Prime's voice. Doesn't he also do a lot of trailer work? He probably does. I've got. I've actually got a little list here. So the one of the most famous people in this was a guy called Peter Cullen. That's the one. And he does Optimus Prime, Ironhide from Transformers. He also does Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. One of my favourite roles. He did Car. As the antagonist of Kit in Night Rider. Oh, on Car, yeah. <laughs> I love the way when you said Car, I knew exactly what you meant yeah. right off. Um, and apparently he done he done Herman and Winston from Rude Dog and the Dweebs, one of Rob's favourites. I barely even remember that. Okay. Rude Dog and <clears throat> Dweebs. Why do you think Rude Dog like used to hang out with all those dweebs? It's like Fonzie, isn't it? He's you a cool like, guy. He didn't seem to have any other friends. Yeah. He's meant to be really cool, but what's he doing? Another guy. I'm looking at Dylan. Dylan's not responding. <laughs> what is he doing, man? What is Rude Dog doing? Maybe he wasn't actually that rude after all. He Another... was just a dweeb plus. <laughs> He's just a dweeb plus. Another quite famous um, voice actor. Yeah, you know, major, but quite really big. Someone called Tony J, and he appeared in, um, I think, the Disney version of Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, he was also uh, Doctor Lipschitz, I believe, in the Rugrat movies. Um, and the narrator in Austin Powers. I, I didn't even know there was a narrator in the first film, but apparently he's, he's that. Mm. Um, my favourite one, the, who plays Thrall, the main actor, the main character? This is, he's such a good voice for this. Oh, um. Do you want a few clues? Billy West. Not Billy West. He has appeared. Robin Williams. Not Robin Williams. He is, <laughs> he has appeared. I was looking at Rob's face. In the Highlander, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. He also appeared in Starship Troopers. He's also a big role in Shawshank Redemption. Mm, and I does a lot of cartoon work yeah, as I well. Can, I know who you mean. I can pick. He was in Carnivale, right? That guy? I think so. Yeah. Um, I know the one you mean. He was Lex Luthor in the Superman cartoon. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Like he, uh, he has this he's really huge. distinct. Yeah, he's really big and he has really distinctive voice. He's the, he was the Kurgan in the first Highlander. Yeah. He was Captain Byron Hadley, the main the main badass guy in, in Shawshank Redemption. He, really good film, by the I way. I can't think of his name. He was Charles Zim in Starship Troopers. And um, you get this now. He's Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants. No, I know who it is. I just can't think what his name is. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. He's great. I'm a massive I'm, fan. Of, he's I'm a big fan voice, as well. And he is like the second lead in Carnivale. Mm. HBO show ran two seasons. I would recommend to everyone they watch that. It's fantastic. He's a good actor, isn't he? He commands the screen. It's terrific. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually always been a big fan of him. And Mr. Krabs. There you go. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Just say Mr. Krabs. So, guys, some pretty big names. Pretty big names. Mm, Nancy Brown. Acting. Yeah, okay. Nancy I'll Brown. Give you Nancy Brown. Yeah, so... Apart from the lack of experience, what obstacles would an adventure game bring to a company like Blizzard, do you think? I mentioned, if, I've given you a few hints already, maybe. Lack of a script writer? Uh, well, script? No, someone did write the script. Um, like quite, a, quite a talented writer. Who uh, did Chris, they get Chris Metz, someone, What have they done before? Yeah. What have they done before? I don't know. No? Yeah. How do you know they were talented? Because it late, well, it might have led to a few books, possibly, in the future. So the writing wasn't the problem? No, the writing was fine. Okay. Uh, I think I think we can agree that the, well, you haven't heard it, but I can I can vouch for it. The the voice acting is very well done, very well done actually. One of the best. I mentioned Full Throttle the other day. This is up there. Really quite impressed by the, the Frawl's got a great voice. Clancy Brown could do anything, couldn't he? And sound good to be honest. Um, well, do you want to hear us a little bit more about, about why things maybe went a bit pear shaped? 
Yeah, I couldn't think of anything specific. So yeah, the development process in putting together an adventure title is very backwards from a real-time strategy game, since, since aspects such as voice acting and screenwriting occur at the beginning of the project. So the production pipeline became a major source of problems for the team. Roper later recalled a lot of odd hour phone calls and faxing and emailing the files and working through language barriers while managing the project. So we're talking South Korea and Russian here. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you got South Korea, Russia. Did you say South America? Yeah, um, yeah. Basically two really different time zones. Mm, exactly. Different so working crazy hours. hours, crazy faxes. Um, and the 2D animation, which I like, by the way, they kept it to try and represent the style of World of Warcraft. They wanted to maintain the visual consistency with the Warcraft strategy games, but it was a major concern of Blizzard's. This was in contrast to the pre-rendered 3D graphics, graphics even, that they featured in certain other games of the time. So we're looking at Warcraft 2, um, where they were, where 2D artwork had been drawn over top pre-rendered 3D models. So maybe a little bit like Grim Fandango, the, the current sort of Landscape of uh, adventure games, they should have maybe gone with that sort of 3D look. I like the classic cell shaded look, by the way. I, I, I think it yeah, ages better. Yeah. But I think that's true, but it does really depend on the style. Like that, we were saying the style of this is very late 90s yep. kind of cartoon. I'm not a fan of that style at all. Okay. Like, I think if it looks good and looks classic, then it works. If it doesn't, I think it dates even quicker than, well, maybe not quicker than bad 3D, but. Yeah. Pretty quickly. I think someone said, I might have a quote later, but someone said, <coughs> this is a late 90s game that looks like a mid 90s game. And in event, you know, in, in some genres, three, four years can be very quick. Mm. Things can change very, very quickly. Um, here we go. So it soon was turned into a huge project. So when it was first announced in March 1997, Warcraft Adventures was slated to include uh, around 40,000 individual animation frames, 70 characters, 60 areas for the player to visit. Um, around 20 minutes worth of animated cutscenes uh, w- was created for the game. And um, and but, who better to create them? Well, there you go. Uh, but the quality of Animation Magic's output was a concern for Blizzard. Hmm. After their stellar work with the uh, CDI Zelda games, how could that possibly be <laughs> an issue? Um, At least this time they probably didn't cast the voices. That's right. Blizzard, and I think this is, I think this is, uh, you may say it's a bad thing, but they, they had a really anal retentive, that's, that's one of the quotes they used, attention to detail. And they were really concerned that it wasn't quite hitting this spot, uh, in Russia and South Korea. So, so yeah, Warcraft Adventures was initially set for a 1997 holiday shopping season release for Windows 95 and the Mac. And was, it was supposed to be Blizzard's second title planned for that year, alongside the classic StarCraft. Did it make it to that release date? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> but here we go. Warcraft Adventures was going close to completion around August 1997, but Blizzard was unsatisfied with the results. StarCraft, you know, at the time, a very new game, but man, what a classic that is, had just undergone a huge redesign and was seen as the higher quality AAA title. Um, yeah, Blizzard employee Nielsen at the time, I think that's his surname, he said that the prevailing opinion was that the game wasn't as fun as the adventure games we had all come to know and love. Beyond that, however, even the adventure games at the time were moving to 3D. Meetings were held about reworking the game. So late in August, PC Gamer US reported that Warcraft Adventures had been delayed until the first half of the following year. Reasons given publicly for the delay, including the creation of new cutscenes to replace the ones already in the game, and the, the introduction of more unannounced features. 
Combining with the delay of StarCraft, the setbacks to Warcraft Adventures were troubling to Blizzard as they resulted in no flagship titles being launched in 1997. A bit of pressure. And, you know, Blizzard were doing very, very well, but they still, you still need to release games. They still had to get some games out there. What would you do now then? If you were in this position now, the game was pretty much done. Arguably it was complete in some form or other. What would you do if you could go back into this time? Oh, if it wasn't, if they knew it was on a good game. Yeah. I would have probably held it back as well and tried held to it rework back. it. I think it depends what the situation with StarCraft is. If you have this game that's coming out you know it's going to be big, then it's not as urgent for you to release the other one. But I think if you have nothing, then maybe sometimes you need something just to yeah. kind of keep the gears running, keep the lights on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, wanna, yeah. in retrospect, we can say it was the right thing not to release it because it maintained brand quality. Mm-hmm. You have, that's um, it, because yeah. Blizzard are like... Blizzard do care about their, their reputation a lot. Yeah. Unlike the uh, custodians of certain other characters. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like, I think you we all... You, you know, it is... I would think rework it if it, if you know it's not right. Okay. It's like the whole Resident Evil 1.5 thing again. Yep. You know Resident Evil 1.5? Yep. So what, c- what could have been Resident Evil 2, they knew was bad, scrapped it, started again, and you've got like one of the, like, the most iconic games of that, of that era. Turned out to be a good decision. Yeah. Blizzard done something interesting. They bought in a very respected uh, adventure um, guru. We featured him on the site before. I'm Steve. glad you said that because I thought you were going to say, "Oh, they started up another studio in Australia <laughs> just to give a few more time zones." Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> they bought in Steve Moretzi. Oh yeah, Steve Moretzi. We are we, we we massive. You know, he's a legend when it comes to adventure tiles. More text adventures, truthfully, but they bought him in, and they, they're hoping to bring World of War, oh, sorry, Warcraft adventures to to up to company standards. Blizzard. They, they contracted adventure game designer Stephen Repsey as a consultant in early 1998. And he had created previous uh, legendary titles, such as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, Planet Fall, and he just released the space bar with Boffo Games. So really well, real legend really. And it's, it was an honour to feature him on the site. Um, check out the interview. I've, I've actually got in touch with him again. I've sent some more questions about this game, Warcraft Adventures. He said he will answer them. I haven't gotten them back yet. Hopefully, when you're listening to this pod, they might be available. <laughs> so I asked him some very specific questions about this. So watch this space. And Steve, if you're listening, please, if you haven't... Or, if, if you're not on the site, it's another great reason to keep checking the site. <laughs> yeah, just F5, F5. Yeah, keep refreshing. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bl- Blizzard, rightly, I agree, rightly saw him as an ex- expert in the genre. And he could potentially correct any mistakes that the team had made due, due to their inexperience. <laughs> By the time Maurizio was hired, Warcraft Adventures had reached the alpha stage and was almost finished. Voice recording and most of the visuals were complete, and the game could be played from beginning to end, albeit with a few bugs. You know, so pretty much 99% done. According to Maurizio, the results were seen internally at Blizzard as good, but not great. And he personally felt the game's art was not, was not terrific, and the design was only adequate. Ooh. So Moretzi spent a week at Blizzard's Irvine, Irvine headquarters in mid-February 1998, and the goal of his visit was to review the entirety of Warcraft Adventures in detail and to help the team improve the game with minimal changes to the art and story already created. Bill Roper later said that the game had cost a decent chunk of change and was under serious time and budget constraints. That precluded a heavy redesign. Discussing Moretzi's involvement publicly at the time, uh, Susan Woolley of Blizzard stated that the company wanted to make sure 
we weren't getting too close to Warcraft Adventures. So this external, um, you know, consultant, Steve Moretzi, I think that's quite clever. They almost, they've been working this game for a number of years now. They almost got too close. They couldn't really be objective. Yeah. They needed fresh eyes. Yeah. That's exactly what uh, Steve was trying to do. And I've got here a little question. You can almost argue they got too close to an orc and maybe it was a bit smelly. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But Moretzi proceeded to work 10 to 14 hours a day alongside the team and collabor- collaborated with Roper and Chris Metzen on a revised plan for the game, including new dialogue and gameplay additions and a total overhaul of the user interface. The plan also entailed edits to the game's puzzles and the creation of certain new art assets. Uh, he said that the t- that he and the team moved some scenes around and uh, added a little bit and tried to be surgical to avoid any really heavy increases in budget and development time. But surely if you're talking about changing the entire user interface, that's going to be mm. some pretty substantial Gordon, changes. That, that's not an, that's not a slight overhaul. That's like like almost a total overhaul. Well, I mean, you, you've got the other all the other bits, but come on, man. Hey, what well, Steve's just trying to do his best. I know, but and better right. Bear in mind, this is after they've had, like, the six-month delay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, after his week at Blizzard's main office, after he, uh, he, t- he tailed in, he? he ripped up the rule books, good old Steve, he returned to Massachusetts, and he finished the job remotely. And it, his complete work on Warcraft Adventures was around two weeks. So a week in the office is a week out. Soon after his visit, Wooly reported that you know, Blizzard really enjoyed working with him, and they said they might hire him again. Uh, yeah, later, uh, Roper later praised Moretzi's contribution, which he said left the game with a much, much stronger series of puzzles that tied in much better to the storyline. And actually, yeah, Moretzi stated that even the planned revisions to Warcraft Adventures would have resulted in an average adventure game. However, he did enjoy the title story and the voice acting, and its core ideas of rendering the Warcraft universe in finer and more intimate detail. So Moretzi was a fan, but he still thought overall it's never going to be a, you know, it was a mediocre at best. Was he saying his work was rubbish? (laughs) He would never say that. He would never say that. Even he couldn't turn that ship around. Well, yeah, despite Moretzi's redesign, Blizzard did not initially uh, initially project a delay for the game, which remained set for a summer 1998 launch. So that's... Summer 98, man. For something that already looks dated for 97, I mean... No. This was always going to be a car crash, wasn't it? They brought in the big guns. They tried to rework it. What happened next? It just stopped. What team do you reckon reared their ugly heads again? The Australian team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Australian. Um, within Blizzard, you mean? Yeah. Uh, the Russians. The strike team. Oh, strike team. of course. Damn you, strike team. No, no. So following the conclusion of Steam Retsy's work, Blizzard continued to develop Warcraft Adventures for roughly another three months. By mid-March, its release date had been pushed back to fall. It soon slipped to winter. <laughs> However, most of Moretzi's redesign ultimately was not used in the game. What? I know, right? As the team prepared for the software build for the Electronics Entertainment Expo, E3, the strike team overseeing Warcraft Adventures conveyed to assess the project. So this is... um. oh they struck it out. <clears throat> right now we're looking at a Winter 98 yep. release winter date. 98. After an, and they had a whole stall ready for Play, uh, play Expo. This, and this was... The original date was August 97, right? That's right. So we're like, you're looking at a year, three months, give or take, over. That's madness. I mean, any hype they would have generated would have gone. And by the time this game was about to come out, it was in direct competition with the visually superior The Curse of Monkey Island, which is the first 
3D Monkey Island game. Yeah. It's all right. I don't particularly That's like the style. Great. It hasn't. I, hey, I completed it. I enjoyed it at the time. Oh. But they were showing off the 3D, weren't they? they were the, you know, LucasArts mm. were moving quickly. And of course, Grim Fandango was just around the corner. So as a result, Warcraft Adventures appeared technologically dated. Sad. Sad times. So in addition, the strike team estimated that implementing Retsy's plan would require another half year of work. What? Roper believed that improving the game to Blizzard's expected level of quality meant starting over and that a delay into 1999 was possible. Can you imagine how much money must have been spent at this point? A small of chunk of change or big chunk of change. Loads of companies are taking a hit on these kind of projects. Yeah. And some of them don't exist anymore because of it. At least Blizzard are obviously big enough. But oh. that's just... And sadly, as a result of the review, the strike team opted to end the development of Warcraft Adventures, which Probably Roper wise. actually called was the best option for our brand and the Warcraft license. Uh, yeah. yeah. As a Sad. result, yeah, the cancellation meeting, I'd love to be a fly in that wall, contained about five senior members. According to Roper, the choice was difficult but was reached collectively and came as a relief to the team that had been desperately trying to wheel this game into being. Could they have not like, branded it like, you know how like Acclaim had Flying Edge? <laughs> yeah, Could they have yeah. not branded it under like another crappy shell? <laughs> like, so, yeah, oh, like, oh, it got taken <laughs> over by uh, Adrian Rob Games. Um, it's their project. Exactly. And just try and release it that way. <laughs> so what would the name of that be? Like, if Blizzard is the main company, like Black Ice or Black Ice. White Noise? <laughs> <laughs> or like um, Slush? Extreme Snow? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the, gar- the garbage label. Hail. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty hail. Because, um, yeah, the decision arrived just before their scheduled appearance at E3. The game's designated booth space was replaced with kiosks for StarCraft. So they might have these crazy Warcraft Adventures kiosks and banners. And they built. just took loads of like StarCraft stickers and just yeah. whacked it over the Over orc faces, like, over Thor's face. Officially on May 22nd, 1998, Warcraft was publicly cancelled after roughly 18 months of development. What a waste of time. What was Bill Roper's biggest regret? What was his big, what was the thing that he thought, actually, this, that's why it failed? There's, there's one reason why I thought if things could have been different. That he didn't work for EA. Um, well, it seemed like the biggest factor was 2D versus 3D. Well, I've, yeah, I'll give you that. And actually, he's got, he's only got one regret and he says, in retrospect, Roper considers Blizzard's conservative design for Warcraft Adventures to be its greatest mistake, and it's the only thing I would have changed. You would have taken longer than then to do a 3D game. True, and at the time, there wasn't many out there, new developments, they, but they would have been praised for, for maybe trying to change up the genre, possibly. Yeah, it would have given them a bit more time, I think. That's yeah. true, but there was more scope for it to, to go wrong, and also, look at who was handling the animation. Like, would you really... Was it magic animation, did you yeah, say? Yeah. Would you really trust... Them with I just, 3D I graphics. Think, yeah, that the problem started when they had all of these, you know, all over the place. I know, right? Dev houses. Is just... Do you want to hear Bill's final thoughts? <laughs> like Bill, <he's, laughs> I he think, tells it like it is. Go on, then. He does. He said, "I think one that one of the big problems with Warcraft Adventures was that we were actually creating a traditional adventure game, and what people expected from an adventure game, and very honestly, what we expected from an adventure game." changed over the course of the project and when we got to the point where we cancelled it it was just because we looked at where we were and said you know what this would have been great three years ago <laughs> so it would have been a good game so three harsh, years man. ago three years in the in the computer <sighs> in the video games industry is how do ages. you think warcraft fans responded to the cancellation 
Nonplussed? Yeah, nonplussed. Early days of the internet, I think there was probably some... A couple of forums. Yeah, but nothing that major. Uh, I would agree with you until I found it actually was met with a widespread disappointment. And actually, they, they you know, a lot of people... So there were two forums. <laughs> yeah. They really disagreed with Blizzard, uh, you know, not to... Not to to release the game but yeah by that time the company believed that the, the audience of adventure games had, had shrunk citing poor sales of the curse of monkey island um yeah so he made the point that 2d graphics had, had been aging fast as a genre uh but actually bill roper said one of the biggest i think one of our biggest shocks is finding that people would be interested in it at all it's it's built up a huge cult following and people weren't happy so following the cancellation I'm going to name check some fans here. Philip Schneider and Christian Gigreich, Gigreich, Gigreich even, uh, created an online petition. There you go. To support the project's revival, which garnered, how many signatures do you think this online petition got in 1998? Well, it must be a lot. Uh, I'm going to say 120,000. Okay. 200 million. 1,737 oh. signatures. Oh, that's oh. not really much at all. <laughs> and they sent the results to Blizzard. The company finally responded uh, with, with a statement, an open letter to their, to the poor Warcraft Adventure fans. It said here, it was a hard call to make, but each of us knows that it was the right choice. The cancellation was not a business or marketing decision or even a statement about the adventure genre. The decision to centered around the level of value we want to give our customers. In essence, it was a case of stepping up and really proving to ourselves and gamers that we will not sell out on the quality of our games. Why didn't they just brand it as Dirty Hail and sell it to each of them for 50 quid? <laughs> yeah. So then they'd make, like, loads of money. <laughs> Can't do the maths. 500 grand. <laughs> no, 1,700 times 50 is, like, Five 85 grand. What? Hold on, what? Hold on. <clears throat> also, you would be annoying your most fervent customers. 50 grand times five is something. Do you think... Warcraft Adventures has been forgotten, chucked in the drawer, never to be seen again. Do you think their legacy was dead? I think it has a legacy. I mentioned earlier it had a bit of a legacy. <laughs> because you said it <laughs> So yeah, it, sadly guys, it was cancelled. But they did actually publicly clarify that they would revisit the Warcraft universe in the future. And in 1998, the company announced an impending agreement with an unnamed publisher to release free Warcraft novels alongside novelizations for Diablo and StarCraft. The deal was ultimately signed by Pocket Books early in the development process for the Warcraft book trilogy. Bill Roper hinted that Warcraft Adventure's story could appear or reappear in one of the novels. And this actually resulted in Warcraft Lord of the Clans, and it was released in October 2001, and it was properly written by Christy Golden and intended to set the stage of Warcraft 3. That was the whole point, guys. I think Warcraft Adventures sets you up for Warcraft 3. So, obviously, it wasn't released, so a book took its place. When was Warcraft 3 released? I can't remember. I know it's probably really late 90s or maybe, I think it's early 2000s. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, A future pod hopefully will be done on that. And in August 1998, Roper confirmed that Blizzard planned to complete the animated cutscenes for Warcraft Adventures. Why would he want to do it? What is the point of completing this after you know the game's... Why would you reckon? It's got an interesting reason. Put it on reason. Steam. Huh? We just release it on Steam now, <laughs> can you? It, not, uh, I'm not sure. Hmm? Because he thought if he can finish off these uh, animated scenes, they could, they could help Blizzard sell film and television studios on the idea of adapting the property. And, uh, yeah, Bill stated, it's one thing to have a bunch of cool steals, and it's another thing to have a 15-minute short. 
uh, to show them. Despite its cancellation, the Warcraft Adventure story proceeded to inspire much of the later franchise. So yeah, Warcraft uh, ultimately continued the story of Thrall and takes place after his uh, reunification of the Horde and defeat of its human captors. Thrall and his father, Durotan, also created the Warcraft Adventures, played major parts in, uh, in, in the world of Warcraft. And I believe Thrall also, there's a character Thrall in the 2016 film Warcraft. Same character? I would assume yes. <laughs> I haven't seen the film. So Wes Fenlon of PC Gamer, he wrote in 2016, few council games can claim to have as much impact as Lord of the Clans. And in the end, it seems like Thrall was more valuable than the game itself. Dylan's face. Yeah, my face is a picture. Right is now. there any other council games that had such a big impact? Like games that weren't released, but actually kind of tied Black into... Black Ice, White Noise. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Paprium. <laughs> Paprium, Paprium. I know, I know a couple, but I can't think of them offhand. Mm. Oh, there's a little twist in this story. You ready for this? Leeks. I'm not talking about the vegetables. A Russian fan, and his uh, pseudonym was Man Biker. He leaked a gameplay footage of Warcraft Adventures on YouTube in 2010. And according to PC Gamer again, they, they, they had, uh, they had received this copy from a Russian game developer in the late uh, 2000s. Although this developer had not personally worked on Warcraft Adventures. After the video's uh, deletion, Manbiker posted a beginning to end long play of the game in 2014. However, this version of the game leaked cutscenes. So a full game, he obviously played it, he released a long play, and it's still available on YouTube now. Even bigger news, a complete Playable Warcraft Adventures, including all its cutscenes, was properly leaked online by a Russian Blizzard fan, oh. with the screen name Redor or Rydor, on they September hacked, they hacked the 9th, 2016. <laughs> they hacked Blizzard you can and play the game. That's mad. Redor told PC Gamer that he had been sent the files by an unnamed third party. <laughs> Soon after, the version shown in Man Biker's videos was leaked as well. Chris Higgins of PC Games N. Uh, speculated that these copies of the game derived from employees at Animation Magic's Russian office. Mm. Yeah, obviously. Those crazy Russians. Blizzard responded with takedown notices of Terador and peer-to-peer file sharing websites that hosted the game, but by then, of course, it was too late. Have you got a copy? Guess what I've been playing recently? Hey, Warcraft Adventures. Warcraft Adventures. I've been playing it. And, and I like it, guys. I went in there with quite low expectations. I seen, obviously, I've seen some pictures. I watched a bit of YouTube, and I thought, yeah, it looks alright. But I'm quite, I'm quite enthralled. See what I did there? Enthralled. Enthralled? Yeah, that's all you did. I was like, yeah, yeah, no one yeah. really laughed. But that's uh, literally the root, where the root of that word comes from. Oh, okay. Enthralled. Enthralled. I really am enjoying it. It's, I didn't expect no, I to you like said it. Enthralled. Um, oh, I didn't hear that. Enthralled. I know the Rob's F not a fan. Oh, sorry, can, let's get the full jokes you now. You mentioned full earlier on. I just didn't hear yeah, you say that. Sorry. I like it. I, I like that kind of cartoon style. It's smooth. The puzzles are, they're alright. Not amazing, but quite, quite fun when you work them out. I'm probably about a third through the game, actually. Quite enjoying it. And the voice acting is really good. There's a few little bug issues. So I think some bits of the game, the voice acting, uh, is not quite in tune. And I think they've had almost like, What's the word? Like computer voices in place of Do you real have to actors. go to the dark web to get it. 
possibly. I'm not going to go down there, but it's <laughs> worth checking out. And <laughs> to, to get, actually get the game to play it. All right. Yeah, um, I just typed in Warcraft Adventures download and it was quite, <laughs> it's quite easy. You had to unzip so the what? file. So okay. I had to unzip it, <gasps> but it worked. Oh. I probably got a dodgy virus now, haven't I? Probably. <laughs> An orc virus. Can you imagine? I definitely get something to scan that first. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Good idea. So I'm not really condoning, but look, it's never released. It's available now for fans. I personally think it's a good thing it's available. And I can't kind of understand why Blizzard might Looking not. at it, do you think it, Blizzard would have right to pull it? I think Blizzard should have released it, actually. I Ooh. do. Because it's mm-hmm. better enough all it was. Um, you know, I might... I've heard, actually, the first half of the game is better than the second half. I haven't got to the second half yet. Um, but so far, I'm really enjoying it. I like I, I like it a lot. It's, it's fun. I... I, I Dylan, man, you chuck any point and click game at me. I'm going to play it. I'm going to enjoy it, aren't I? So yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm biased. But there you go. It's, it's available. If you, it's not too difficult to get, get your hands on. I think it's a shame it, it panned out. But Warcraft, bigger than ever. And I think we have to owe a lot to Thrall. He's no Thrall. He's no Thrall. So, guys, on that, um, just, to, just to finish up, really, are you happy or sad it wasn't released? Do you think it's the right decision? Do you think Blizzard... What do you think about it being released now, available now? I have no personal feelings either way since I was never a big point-and-click person. As for it being available now, I say why not? Like, it's, you know, World of Warcraft itself has become so big. Mm. They're not losing anything. It's part of, like, the overall story. People are interested in that and they want to play it, so why not? Yeah, why not just stick, like, the 90s are gone, man. Just stick it on Steam. Stick the completed version on Steam. Yeah. Charge people a fiver and Mm. make some money out of it or something. Just, you know... Why not? Or just leave the illegal link on there and let, <laughs> let us all, you know, let us all download it. But, or, you know. Or, or just give it like a it be free, like a fan game on the website saying, look. Let it be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no back of the box this time because it wasn't released. Sorry, yeah. Dylan. Um, but guys, check it out and, uh, yeah, see you later. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at ArcadeAttackUK at Keith Barlow 82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes where you can also leave us a review and a rating which we would really, really appreciate. So, until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.